0: Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk, ICRT's weekly interview segment, bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan. I'm Keith Manconi. With transitional justice, a hot political topic this year, we've of course been hearing uh, an awful lot about the white terror era, uh, which is of course uh, the dark historical experience in Taiwan, which followed the arrival of KMT forces in the 1940s. Uh, and saw the repression of political dissidents uh, over the span of decades. Uh, Now, this experience has been described in the speeches of politicians this year. Uh, It's also been depicted in novels, uh, which uh, we have discussed on this very show. Uh, But today, we're going to be talking about a very different sort of attempt to grapple with this history. Taipei-based game developer Red Candle is set to release a computer game. Uh, that is set right in the middle of the White Terror period. It's a little bit hard to explain exactly what this game is like, uh, but uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the music from the game just to set the tone, give you a sense. Uh, the gameplay, which is sort of a 2D click-through sort of game. Uh, It's set at a school in 1960s Taiwan Uh, and already here just with this music you can hear you know it it does set a tone. Uh, This would be in the horror game genre. Uh, So we've got a little bit of a mix of uh, horror fiction uh, and history fact all kind of woven together. So an awful lot going on here. Uh, To learn a little bit more I recently spoke with the game's creator. Here's the conversation. All right, so uh, we are speaking right now to Yao Shunting, who is lovingly referred to in English as Coffee. Uh, Coffee, thanks so much for joining us today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hello. And uh, also helping us out on the show today is uh, DJ Joey C, who holds Mm -hmm. down the midday show here at ICRT. Uh, This is going to be a Chinese language interview, and he's going to be helping Mm -hmm. with the interpretation. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Joey, glad to have you on the show. Pleasure to be here, Keith. So just to start things off... Uh, This Mm -hmm. is a very artistically ambitious game uh, that you're doing here. Mm -hmm. Very kind of grim aesthetic, uh, 2D feel. Uh, I I played the game earlier today. It Mm -hmm. really draws you into it. It it, it brings you this creepy, oppressive atmosphere, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what you were going for, so that's all uh, excellent stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us a little bit about... Uh, What your motivation was here, because you're taking on a lot of stuff. You're taking on Taiwanese culture, Mm -hmm. Chinese culture, Taiwanese history, uh, a lot of the horror Mm -hmm. genre. So tell us uh, where this idea for this game came from, uh, and how it all got started.
1: So he started the game before uh, Red Candle's game was actually
2: uh, first formed and back in 2016. Uh, Coffee had the idea that he wants to start from a nostalgia point of view from his personal experience, and the game started being uh, a sensation too. Then in 2015, where he actually formed a team of six co-founders, and they finally start to materialize the plot and the storylines for what would become now the Detention Game. Oh, so the backbone of the story is about restrictions, what you can or shouldn't do, or what you cannot do and shouldn't do. Mm.
0: And that's an interesting concept, uh, because uh, restrictions, taboos, I think that that uh, gets to the heart of why horror Mm. and martial law Mm. kind of go together. Because in Mm. both cases, uh, there are things that, you know, you shouldn't be doing, Mm. or else uh, this, you know, more powerful... Scary force that you don't completely understand Mm. is going to come down on you. Is that kind of the idea
1: there? Uh,
2: so it's about different levels of uh, restrictions that they can come from personal morals. Uh, it could come from school rules. The school, uh, the game is based in a school. So it comes from the school uh, rules implemented on the students, or it could come from, like you said, Keith Marshall laws, or it could be about religion, folklore, or maybe even traditions of your culture.
0: Hmm. Let's uh, think back to when you were developing this idea. Uh, first, though, I mean, did you start off thinking, I'm going to make a horror game And then you decided, hey, uh, martial law fits well into that. Or did you start off saying, I want to explore this history, and then you realized, oh, this kind of connects with the
1: horror theme? 恐怖游戏, 然后他是在, mm. Okay, mm, so they did
2: start with the rough no idea of wanting things. to have restriction being the base of the story, but not sure what year, what um, scope, or what, what, yeah, what era they were looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Coffee himself watched or read a book that I'm sure all of us have read, the 1984
2: book by George Orwell. And he said that's where he wanted to start. But he originally thought maybe the uh, backstory would be based in the 80s or the 90s, where Taiwan is under one party rule, but not so quite um, the martial law um, restriction. And then it was during an organic discussion with his co-founders that they thought, oh, why not push it back to the 60s, where Taiwan was really uh, under severe martial law and restrictions.
0: Right. And it's, it's a pretty interesting way to look at some of these historical questions, mm. to look at this Historical moment. I mean, uh, a, a video game, I think it's pretty safe to say nobody's used that uh, as a way to uh, look at this moment in history before. Uh, w- w- was that uh, pretty gratifying to you to be able to explore it in that way? Uh, what, what was that experience like?
2: you you to some
1: Okay, Coffee was born in 1979.
2: So by the time the martial law was lifted, he was possibly in early elementary school, which means he didn't know much about really what's going on around him and he studied electrical engineering, which means that uh, post uh, graduate days he didn't really learn more about the Taiwan uh, geography or history.
1: Okay. So,
2: whatever he did understand about Taiwan geography or history was from his elementary school days, and even then, they were very China folk, China centered. So, for him, it's actually a way to relearn the history. Uh, as he was growing up, you know, the documentation regarding that era could be could have mixed uh, messages, and even uh, the recounts from his parents could have mixed messages. So, a lot of it is figuring out what really happened and learning in the process.
0: Now... In the game, uh, the idea of martial law is very much peripheral. It's very on the side. You don't you don't focus on that very directly. Mm-hmm. The way that the player finds out about that is mm. you just. Slowly start to get a feeling of what kind of world these characters are yeah. in. Maybe they read something on the wall and mm-hmm. it refers to the fact that their teachers are all in the military, mm-hmm. or uh, they you know they they look at some kind of documentation and it talks about uh, you know some of the restrictions that they need to adhere to on school and the characters say a little bit about mm-hmm. what they feel about that mm-hmm. so it it you take it on in a very kind of sideways sort of way. What are you hoping? Uh, that your players will take away from this?
1: In the process of the we also in history But Oh, they want to prevent
2: uh, the players focusing their, all of their attention on what is the social order of the time or the martial law status. Uh, they instead want to just create the atmosphere, and then while injecting, uh, where you have most of the game is about horror and to create the atmosphere of oppression, of restrictions, and horror all at the same time in a horror thriller game, really. Uh,
0: and then, and then, uh, what about? I mean, let's also ask about uh, the international audience for this because you haven't even released the game yet, but you've already. Put in an English translation. So clearly, uh, you want this to be accessible uh, to an international audience. Do you think that there's something else in there for that different audience uh, uh, apart from what you're hoping uh, the Taiwanese audience will find there?
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: their main target audience or their main uh, target market of that course, course that is still Taiwanese local players but they've Steam always thought that this could this have an international platform so they actually I'm not sure if you know about uh, the gaming platform Steam where you can download a lot of games and basically if you have an account you can download uh, and uh, be uh, become accessible to the different games out there so they actually have a membership with Steam and this game is on 对，那这个就是，这是我们一开始就。so, uh, while creating the game, they always had the international players in mind, which also means that when it comes to content, uh, a lot of translation or maybe uh, cultural gaps had to be bridged. And luckily, one of their team members actually grew up and spent many years in the states, so he was there to bridge the cultural or the linguistic gaps for them.
0: Right. I, I noticed that as I was playing that you 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 were being uh, conscious of uh, what the international players might know or might not know. Uh, so now. Now that it's been out in demo form for a little bit of time, uh, just you know focusing on uh, the English version uh, what, what what kind of a response has it gotten have, have players do you feel like players have learned something about Taiwan or learned something about Taiwan's history?
1: 嗯, 那像在这个英文, 呃,
2: uh, there were lot there were a lot of words or concepts they had to find culturally uh, relevant information or translations
1: for. For example, uh, senpai
2: or um, poetry, uh, any sorts of uh, poems or rhymes. Uh, they, they uh, first and foremost, they if they can't do a direct translation, they will try to deliver the cultural idea first, and then if they could somehow find a way to uh, recreate uh, these poetry. In, uh, in a different language, okay. they'll try that too. They, they'll,
1: they'll try that as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, and coffee also mentioned the idea of,
1: mm-hmm.
2: of which I I believe there might be an English word for. Uh, it's basically a ghost that finds a replacement. Uh, and it, 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 uh, it injects itself into a human body, and then drags that human body back into. This. So these, you see, these are traditional things or belief systems that cannot be directly translated. But it could cover, while it can be covered by three simple words in Chinese, you can't quite describe it in English if you don't have the same cultural identity. So uh, they created a word called linger for this particular ghost for us. So these are some of the ideas that could become actually a bit artistic or conceptual for you to understand the game through. Hmm right, so uh hold on. I just want to ask real quick a, a short question uh how much do you think the music uh does how much does it give to this game, and how much does it keep it uh how how much does music make it come alive
0: that's a that's a really interesting question because as I was playing through definitely I, I started out feeling like this game isn't too scary, <laughs> and then the the sound effects really start kicking into high gear, and that's that's when the heebie-jeebies start coming in
1: no it's in you have
2: so the music of this type of games they always weigh heavily on uh, how the how it turns out to the atmospheres that you create uh, the feelings they give off uh, and so they actually had the opportunity of having a veteran or really a professional music producer who's worked with uh, TV shows or producing uh, movie soundtracks uh, the original scores uh, of uh, movies here in
1: Taiwan. And they actually
2: put the idea on. A social media platform or a discussion platform on the internet, and uh, this uh, this music producer producer Chang actually or producer Chang actually rung in, and they actually he's, uh, he said that he's interested in collaborating with them. So he says a lot of it is actually they got lucky with the music to have such a veteran producer working with them.
0: Mm. So we've already kind of referred to a little bit of the generation gap uh, in this conversation. Of course, you didn't directly experience any of uh, the stuff that this game is referring to. Uh, Has anybody who lived through that period, uh, the older generation, have any of them played this game and uh, told told you what they thought?
1: Um, the games, our parents, our
2: parents. when they first started making this game he asked his family members' elders about that certain period of time so there was there was a
0: there was a little bit of a research process that uh, you went through to make this game
2: Yes, yes, they did do research. Uh, and as you guys may know, Taiwanese media seems to be not that good at documenting uh, things that pertain to a certain era. So he had to go in a roundabout way. He, his research included, like we said, you know, asking family members, but also he had to read some of the novels from that period or maybe watch some of the movies from that period or maybe even flip through some of the yearbooks. Uh, and AIT, he said, also helped. AIT was very good at keep documenting uh, certain periods of Taiwanese history. So he did a lot of research around the subject to get a feel of what was really going on, because as you you asked, Keith, uh, he didn't really experience it on his own.
0: That's really interesting to me because I've I've spoken to a number of people that have worked on these historical issues in Taiwan. And a common theme with all of them is I didn't learn this stuff in school. It's not preserved well. It's difficult to get this information. Uh, And I had to go through this, this, this and this. Uh, to you know to get access uh, to this history. Uh, so I, I, I mean in in a way, it is part of the motivation for this game. Uh, a certain amount of preservation. I mean, it's a different kind of preservation because there's the stuff you can find in textbooks and there's the stuff you can find in history books, which is names and dates. Uh, but this is more preserving a feeling, maybe.
2: 它不像是,例如说日期啊,或者是名字啊,一些历史事迹,
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he says you're absolutely right. What he is doing is trying to uh, create or uh, rather uh, preserve an atmosphere of a certain era because when you want to find actual documentation or historic documentation about some of the things that you heard went on, it's almost impossible to prove or to find empirical evidence. And so what he did instead is does he doesn't give you the name of the school, or excuse me, he gives you the name of the school that doesn't exist. He doesn't really say that this is in Taiwan, but it, uh, it it actually still gives you that sensation that you are somewhere in Taiwan in this story. And he says, "Is that somewhat deja vu vibe that you get from the story that makes it even more creepy because you can sort of identify it, but you don't know where it is?"
0: I mean, could you put into words? Do you think? Do you think that you could define it all? what that feeling is that you're trying to preserve, that you're trying to bottle
2: up and put in a
0: video
1: game. feedback. Realized, why, An in, in,
2: unexplainable fear that comes from you when you play this game, I guess, is, uh, the idea, is what you sort of get. It, it, it doesn't tell you where it is. It doesn't tell you how close it is, but you can identify you know, with the atmosphere, with the school and you, you, the uniform, and that's what really uh, stirs the fear inside you.
0: And, I mean, is, is there a way in which uh, using a video game... Uh, has uh, uh, allowed you to explore this in a, in, in a way that you wouldn't have been able to if this was just a book or just a movie uh, or, or you know, some other form of media. I mean, it does... I played through the game and it does... You you do feel like you're a part of this because you're making decisions that affects what happens on the screen. And, and in one case, I mean, you're even implicated in the violence to some extent. You're drawn into that as well. Uh, so... I mean, is it really video games, this specific thing that you're doing that allows you to do some of this stuff that you're interested in?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: certainly the the aesthetics of the game, uh, provo- it, it gives you an immersive experience that you can't otherwise experience with, say, just literature, just a movie or a book. Uh, it says it's the controlling the, of the character that, and the interaction with the environment that really uh, turns the uh, the gamers from you know the receiving end to someone who's fully and proactively involved in the game and of course being a game they have to put in elements of survival of uh, solving riddles and that i think adds more to the game mm. and to the immersive experience
0: all right so we have been speaking today to the creator of detention uh, him and the other developers behind the game are working hard to get it out by christmas uh knock on wood hope they can Uh, And uh, just one more time, the company behind all this is Red Candle. We've been speaking to one of its co-founders, Yao Ting, known to his friends as Coffee. Uh, Coffee Yao, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. And, And Joey, thank you for helping us out today. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. listening to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. Taiwan Talk, of course, broadcasts every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. right after the top of the hour newscast. Uh, Just a quick note before we wrap things up. uh, To learn more about this game and uh, see a trailer you can head on over to redcandlegames.com slash detention uh, or they've also got a Facebook page uh, you're just going to want to search on Facebook at Red Candle Games uh, and a quick programming note I, I am out next week so you won't be hearing from me uh, but a colleague of mine will be pinch hitting so uh, watch out for the interview that he'll be posting uh, and that is it for the show for Taiwan Talk I'm Keith Mancone. see you next time